Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. How's it going and welcome to another episode of Pat's Chat. It is a sad episode today, I'm afraid, um, but we'll get into that in just a second. It is, of course, myself, Matt, and I am joined by Jake. How are you, my friend? Uh, been better, been better for obvious reasons. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Just um, work today and uh, knackered. As always, um, there's no minutes peace in in my house at the minute. So, but no, apart from that, I'm I'm not too bad. And just uh, I think I, I messaged earlier on and said I'm I'm disappointed rather than annoyed or angry. You know that way that your parents, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, they're going to be annoyed or angry at me, and they just go, nah. I'm disappointed in you, and you're like, oh, oh that's, that was the worst. That's, even worse. That that's the worse. worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's where. Like, Please be angry with me. Shout, yell, scream, and it, it yeah, shout at me, smash me around the head with a chair, whatever you want to do, like throw me through a hell in a cell. Um, but no, disappointed. But out with the game and what happened. Twenty-four hours, almost twenty-four hours removed from when we we're recording this. Um. Apart from that, I'm good. Yeah, fighting fit. No COVID so far. So, um, I think <laughs> I think we've got enough meat on the bones to to stave off some COVID chat this week. I would suspect. So, um, yeah. as is with tradition with these things, what is Jake's word of the week? Uh, I don't know. I think you've probably taken it um, <laughs> with with disappointing. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe lackluster. Um, and we actually know. I think the word I want to go with is devoid. Oh. Mm, devoid of um, quite a lot of things. I mean, I could literally launch into a, 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 a thing, I think, of, you know, I think we were devoid of any um, real hunger watching that game. There wasn't a real sort of... Um, well, look, there was, there was so many deficiencies. And that is ultimately what, you know, devoid means. There's something missing. And, mm. you know, we're not going to release it, I suppose, try not to turn this into a Tom Brady chat. Um, but I, And that's not to say that, you know, if we just immediately went back in time and Brady was still on the team, it would paper over the cracks. I think there would be a, a, a fair amount of that. But you have to look at this this team and you have to acknowledge that there are deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball, and you're seeing that now. Um, you know, I I don't think Cam was... I don't think he's done himself any favours um, by any means, although I will um, say I thought his comments after the, the game and, you know, since we've been on this kind of losing run, were pretty fair, to be honest. Um, you know, putting a lot of blame on himself 
um, you know, in, in a true leader leadership style. But yeah, going back to my word, I think that team is just devoid at the moment of, you know, any real um, character and I wouldn't say ambition, but there's clearly something that, you know, when we kind of, you know, started this year and this season, um, just isn't there at the moment. And it's, you know, do you put that on COVID and, and sort of the disruption that, you know, the COVID scare um, caused or is it like a, a deeper problem? Or as I said, you know, I think offensively we are terrible. Um, I don't think there's really anyone on that offence um, that you would really, you know, they're not, it's just a, it's just a kind of nah, you know, um, sort of supporting cast that I don't think even if Brady was here or I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, pick, take your, take your, any quarterback in the league and give them that offense. They're all going to struggle. It's, yeah, it's devoid, Matt, it's devoid. So looking at the game then, uh, yeah. the, the look at the offense then, since that were, that's, pretty much what we was going to go with um, after what we saw yesterday. I mean, we didn't even hit double figures and points. And, and But the thing that I've been trying to clutch and grasp all day whilst working away and having plenty of time to think, because um, I, I generally work on my own, um, similar to yourself, um, obviously, but in different roles, is... It was only we're only weeks removed from if we had Cam in that lineup, we were saying we're beating the Chiefs, who are the mm-hmm. reigning Super Bowl champions. And the week before we were a minute, a minute thirty, and within yards of the goal line of beating the Seahawks. How yeah. how is this actually like just spiraled so swiftly downhill? Like this is the I just can't put my finger on it. I think, again, this is just, you know, Jake's humble opinion. I think, um, you know, you look at, so week one, we played the Dolphins. The Dolphins hadn't really got going. I think if you go back into time to week one, no one was really giving the Dolphins much of a chance. You weren't sort of sitting there. You know, we were probably set, you know, if you'd asked us in week one, we would have turned around and said, Tua's going to come in at some point because it's magical wear off. And the Dolphins are, you know, they've got a couple of wins, maybe. It's actually been kind of the complete opposite, where Fitzmagic has been benched, but they're actually playing, you know, at a a decent um, level. I think that Cam was almost like a, um, you know, he's a a charismatic guy, brings an impetus. I think there was a lot of, you know, we want to prove that we are, still the Patriots, we are X, Y, and Z, and we've still, you know, we're still the team to 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 be feared in the AFC East at the very minimum. And I think it's worn off. We're in, you know, I think other teams have cottoned on to what we're doing. I don't think that offense has evolved. Um, I think the, the personnel, you know, may have stayed the same. Um, and, you know, as you said, we've, we were close with uh, with the Seahawks. We were close with, you know, Denver. We weren't even that far off if, if you look at it in, in the grand scheme of things. Or what a drive away before someone dropped it. From I can't remember, but yeah, you know, it's we're not millions of miles away from these games. 
I just don't think that you know we're, we're still playing a lot of the same thing. There's still a lot of um, quarterback power, quarterback sweeps. Um, it's, it's much of a muchness. You can't you, like. What did you see that we did that game that was different from anything we've seen so far? I mean, let's not say it's going to be groundbreaking and suddenly Cam is hurling. 80 yards up the up the field by any means. We don't have the personnel for that. But at the same time, it's very much, you know, we're a, a run, run first offense. Um, yeah, it, I, I just think it needs a bit. Doesn't Daniels needs to kind of really assess, you know, this is this is an offense that, you know, over the years has been lauded for just how like malleable and, you know, Okay, well, we're playing this team, so we're gonna we're gonna run the ball down the throat. So we're playing this team, so we're gonna oh, we have to we're gonna have to throw the ball a hell of a lot. Okay, right, this one we're gonna need four backs because we're just doing the same thing. This is kind of what it, you know, not in an arrogant way, but this must be what it's like, you know, if you were I don't know a, a Bengals fan for the last however many years, where yeah. it's kind of you know you're, we're not adapting to the who we're playing. It's just kind of yeah, 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 like this is the personnel, and you know, let's, let's go out there and do what we do. Mm, that, and that's the vibe I get. Yeah, that was. It's funny that you say that because I actually tweeted that out from our uh, Pat's chat account. I was like, this is what it actually feels like to support a normal NFL team. We, you know, we've mm. been, and if if you can't realise it, then I don't know what you're what you're up to. But you know, we've clearly been very privileged. Over the last 20 years to win six Super Bowls. It's not, the NFL isn't built to do that. It's meant to be pretty much a different team every year that comes through. I mean, we saw San Fran going from what was that, a 4 and 12 to being in the Super Bowl in February this year, from one year to the next. You're seeing us, I mean, even with all this cap room we've got because of COVID and things, he's, he's just not getting the ca- the checkbook out and cashing in on no. someone and going, right, this is what we need now. I mean, we are just over a week away from the trade deadline. Do we do we suspect that someone will come in the door? Possibly, but we can I think we should park that chat and leave it probably for later on in the week and we can have a m- bit more deep dive into that one. But looking over the, the course of the weeks where we're power run heavy over the first three weeks and then from there on in, as you say, I think we've just become not very adaptable and the adaptability okay. here has come through these crazy wildcat plays and things that generally speaking, that is if you're on your last legs mm. and you know, you're struggling to break down an offense, that's what you do. So yeah, that probably fits well. We're it's, um, not an offense, a defense, sorry, we're struggling to break down defenses. So this is these crazy magical things we've come up with, with whether it's Edelman throwing the ball or whoever it might be, you know, um, Philly special type plays and stuff like that. It's just madness in a way. But again, it comes back to in a in a roundabout way that we're we're just one of those teams now. We are just an NFL team, and it probably. I mean, to be, fair, to be fair, it does. It actually sucks and it hurts a little bit. But at the same time, we've, you know, stepped back and go, well, it is what it is, I guess. You know, we're, 
Well, it's something that gave you the option. You would take it. If I said to you way back when, you know, as a as a New England fan, you know, you you can have six Super Bowls, you can have a period of unprecedented dominance. Yeah. But there is gonna there is an end date. Yeah, and you know, this is still early, early enough that maybe I am kind of forecasting this and it's you know, um I don't know. What's to say that we don't do it on to Cincinnati and then start wiping the floor with people? I mean, crazier things have happened, right? Um, but you know, my my point is just that you would take that every single time. If if there's a if there's a drop off, um, then you know it kind of comes with the territory. You know, people would kill to have had that run, that sort of magical, you know, those deep playoff expecting playoff runs every single year <laughs> yeah <laughs> except for maybe what i wait when when brady got got injured um and it's kind of all up in the air but you know this is this is the joys of being a sports fan I mean, yeah. I watched it was uh, as a man united fan and sort of the the decline and i you know i'm not going to jump ahead and say that this is a decline you know, as I said, the, the trade deadline's coming up. We've got next year, hopefully COVID-free. We just don't know what the future holds yet. But. I mean, looking at our schedule, we're currently two and four. We've got the Bills, Jets, Ravens, Texans, Cardinals, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets again to finish off. So I hope there's two wins there, which is the Jets. Well, you've got two wins. Uh, and that... Three wins, possibly. Yeah, actually, I'd take a win again. I'd stick us down for a win against the Texans. Um, so you've got three wins out of that lot. I'm struggling to see where more wins are coming from. I, I genuinely am, and that is not something that you would say. So if you take three wins, puts you on five, and then you struggle and just say we'll lose the rest of them, that's a five and ten. That was going to what was possibly expected under Stidham if he was centre. And then Cam's come in the door, there was the hoopla, there was the hurrahs, the yays, everything. I mean, we, we talked about it on here. We're, we're not alone in the, you know, we're not separated from this thing of what that was and is. And then now we're starting to see the offence just not, glue together there's certain bits that I am liking Damian Harris had another few good chunk yeah. runs when he came on why they're not using them more I'm not sure there was seems to be I don't know if you noticed it um, I think it was um, Doug Kai done on Twitter I saw with it that over the last two games out of 18 throws I think it was Cam has not thrown his right hand side once and this no. was, yeah, and the, the, there was the one, the catch by Dalton Keane um, in the game last night, but that was viewed as um, down the centre. I think as it comes from next-gen stats, and you know how you'll get the heat maps in soccer mm. games, a similar thing. The heat map was showing where he's thrown, and he's not thrown to his right-hand side in the last two games. And this was something we definitely talked about a few weeks back because I remember Mark Schofield speaking about it on his Schofield podcast that his shoulder issue that he obviously had the surgery on, this this was something he pretty much forecasted that being able to throw to that blind, you know, not the blind side, the weak side, um, down that right-hand side 
is something that might come back to, to haunt him and the Patriots. And it looks like it might actually be coming true. But at the same time, we've probably all seen the, the images over the last 24 hours. The, um, I'm guessing it's from the All-22 film that he's also had receivers open right down his throat and to his left-hand side. And he's holding on to the ball for five seconds and either throwing it away, getting sacked, or if he is throwing it, it's wildly thrown and it's being picked off. So, and that and was what was so frustrating yesterday, watching him. I was literally watching him go through his progression. Yeah. Like, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and then, you know, something happened. And then, and then just, it didn't, and you know, he, he didn't seem to use his legs that much. Um, yesterday, his, his leg work was all over the place. I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback expert, but you know, you you sort of you you kind of know what it looks like if you get my drift. You know, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what quarterback you're watching, they set themselves in the pocket and then it's you know launch it. It just didn't seem kind of like me in the park <laughs> throwing it to no one. Yeah, he <laughs> he also he didn't seem to be picking up the the pressures. There was two or three times, yeah. you're just like all of a sudden, there's he's like, oh, there's three of them around me. Like, where did they come yeah. from? It's <laughs> it's been bizarre. Like, I felt like I'm. Do you know what? I actually, now I thought about it. I felt like I was watching myself playing Madden. <laughs> like, if I'm playing it on like quite a hard difficulty, because I usually play it on on easy. Um, yeah, it is kind of like where you're sort of like, oh right, I'm going to fight to the the triangle um, receiver. Where's Triangle again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, oh, no, I got that. It, it, it just felt like, you're almost kind of like, have you played before? Like, you'd expect that from Stidham, as you said. You wouldn't expect that from, from Cam, you know, as a former MVP and everything else. So, I, I just wonder if, not that, I mean, for anyone that doesn't follow Scottish news and Scottish politics, one of the the um, politicians up here under rules that were, were against what she did, she travelled to London with COVID symptoms, went in the House of Parliament and then travelled back up the road on a train, I think it was, of all things. Could be coughing and spluttering, spreading COVID all over the place. Somehow mm. she still gets her job because you don't have to... You can't be sacked as a politician. You have to resign, apparently, which is nuts. So she's going to hold on to her seat till May's election next year. But she, um, for want of a, a Scottish term, uh, I think it is, um, she said she was going do lally, which is losing her mind. And this is what COVID does to you. It makes you lose your mind. But I was like, I've never read anything about this before. This is brand new information to me. So is it that COVID does actually make you lose your mind? And because Cam's obviously had it, that he's losing his mind. And <laughs> maybe this politician was actually onto something. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I've been mulling that over as well. Like, I, I don't know if there's some kind of his confidence. Um, I don't know. You know, the, the, you know it, it goes without saying, since he's come back from COVID, that's, that's where these terrible games <laughs> mm. sort of appeared you know we didn't see this in week one and, and week two so, you know and obviously the, the 
the the main thing that's happened to him is COVID. So is there something going on? You know, is it a case that he's not actually fully recovered, which wouldn't be the first time that you know an NFL team has kind of flounced it in you know a role or something for the sake of just you know trying to win and achieve something. You know, is it that there just isn't that trust in Stiddy? Um, and it's kind of like, look, our best option is Cam. He's not 100% at the moment, but we've got a role with him because, you know, a 65, 75%, you know, healthy Cam is better than a, you know, 100% healthy um, Jared Stidham. Yeah, well, last night, and he's repeated himself today, Bill Belichick has said that he... Um, Basically, he is, you know, sticking with Cam. He is the best player, best quarterback that we have. And um, on the issues that they're currently facing, he's said, starts with the opportunity we have to work together. Notes that it doesn't matter if it's uh, virtual meetings, film, or in practice. They need to make the most of those opportunities. I mean, we thought with a week's practice after the Denver game that, it would give them, you know, they had a week on the field to prepare for San mm-hmm. Fran. And it looks like they prepared for bugger all, really. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, what were they doing all week? Because they didn't prepare for Jeff Wilson, it seems, who just ran all over us like there was no tomorrow. He was quite happy until he went out injured. Samuel was running around and catching passes. Brandon Ayuk had the best game of his um, rookie tenure so far. It was all seemed to be stuff that I've watched over the last few weeks, watching them with these, like the Kyle Shanahan trickery plays that I talked about with the guys on the the preview podcast last week. Yeah, well, where was this preparation that was apparently there because they, they, they train and practice all week and, I don't know. Like, is it? It's just a bit dumbfounded. It's, so really, it's so unlike the Patriots. So, that's what we're all trying to wrap our heads around. Yeah. What, this is a team that's lauded for, you know, well, they never make a mistake. They make the other team take the penalties. They are like this regimented, you know, what did that guy who left, um, was near tight end? I can't remember what his name is. It was that guy who was on the Patriots and he. He left the team and then was in the press saying, "Oh, it's like a bunch of robots." I mean, it's... that was uh, Sanu, was it not that said that? Was it? Yeah, no, this was like a few years back. I'm, I was thinking some mm. dude had like hello tattoos, but anyway, um, yeah, it's. I mean, in, in, to put it all into context, in the AFC, there are only four teams who have a worse. <laughs> a worse record than us, and that's the Bengals, Texans, Jaguars, and Jets. And that says a lot. I'm just looking at um, another stat here that Bob Sosie's tweeted out. And the 2020 Pats have thrown 11 interceptions with an interception rate of 6.1%. Last year, with a similar um, stack of receivers, Tom Brady threw eight interceptions, which is a rate of 1.3%. To that point, um, what is it? 
Cam is throwing a lot of interceptions, obviously. But what is also really, really poor and dangerous for the entire team is he has thrown, uh, let's see, since he's come back from COVID, he's, picked, he's been picked off five times and two of them have been on the opening drive, which then puts an yeah. undue amount of strain pressure on the defense, especially when yeah. it's in red zone or very close to red zone, um, to suddenly, you know, stop... You, stop an offense who've just literally come rolling on and you've kind of made it easy for them. You suddenly, you know, you're starting on the back foot. And this is a, you know, I'm a, I'm still a big camp fan. I'm still going to, you know, support him and, and back him. You know, is this a rough badge? I, I'm not, mm. it's, it's very hard to tell, but, you know, you've got to be real and, and kind of be objective when it, when it comes to this. And, yeah. you know, I'm first and foremost a Patriots fan. Um, you know, it, it's disappointing. The the last thing um, I want to touch on with Cam, and then we'll we'll move on. I think because yeah, we could, we could be here all night and talking about him and what's <laughs> happening. But Cam's something, my, myself and my friend Stephen, we were on Skype last night watching the game together, and um, I said that to the guys last week that he's a Forty ers fan, and so we set it up that. We, you know, this was a date in the calendar we were looking forward to all season, and afterwards we he came up with a point saying that all, all the time that Cam's throwing, he's whereas last year there's the thing about Brady's arm and all the rest of it, but maybe because of that or despite that, Brady's happy picking up chunk plays of four or five yards. You know, if you've got three times four is 12. So you keep doing that in a 10-yard stretch. You're creating first downs. Whereas it seems, um, which uh, Stephen said was, but with Cam, it seems that he keeps wanting to find that killer ball. And it's maybe part of the reason as to why he's holding on so long. And, you know, he's looking for that 78-yard bomb downfield. Mm. Like... um, like Wilson was doing with Lockett and Metcalf last night against the Cardinals. He's looking for that rather than going right. And I saw it in some of the pictures um, on Twitter um, today that, you know, he had like Jakob Jonsson was open or Harry's open eight, nine yards downfield. But he just seems to be looking beyond them and try to pick up a 25, 30, 40, 50 yarder. Whereas just get a drive going, get the progress down the field and you know take it as it comes but he's I completely agree with that I mean to 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 that point um you look at what you know and, and I'm kind of like reluctant to keep bringing it up but if you look at what the Buccaneers are doing and you look at the history of Tom Brady as you said you know noodle arm doesn't really care because his if you look at Brady over the years, who does he always go to? Who's he always had the affinity with when it comes to throwing the ball? And it's always the slot receiver. You look at Amendola, Wes Welker, um, Julian Edelman. You look at what he's doing now with the Buccaneers. You could bring, bring in Antonio Brown, who plays in the slot. Um, what Chris Godwin was playing in the slot. The other guy who's now playing in the slot. I mean, it's always slot receivers for Brady because they're always the short, short yardage you might get five, you might get two, you might get three, bang, ten, cool, next, next, and on and on and on. And just yeah. having that option that you then sort of disperse between a tight end and then that, you know, outside receivers. 
and as you said, you know, it, it doesn't seem that that's kind of happening. I don't feel that chemistry with him and Edelman is necessarily there. You know, it's definitely not as much as he's trying to with Harry. I still don't feel Harry's at a point in his development as a receiver yet. Because, you, you know, look at him when he's trying to catch under um, pressure or contact. You, we're not sort of sitting there as Patriots fans going, oh, yeah, Harry's got this. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of, you know, it, it's still very much a 50-50, if that, to be honest. Well, it's probably a 40-60. But, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it was a great point. Yeah, just it wasn't really something I'd picked up myself, to be honest, until he mentioned it. And I just went, mm-hmm. it was one of those, you go, oh, yeah. So yes, he's just <laughs> he's trying to keep on going outside to the numbers or like downfield thirty yards, and rather than just you know pick up those four or five six yard plays, and a couple of them gain you ten yards, gain you you know well not you know it's simple math basically, and then you just build yeah. up a drive. But what I was going to go on to next, and I did touch on it a little bit um, a minute ago was Damien Harris in the running game in general, which kind of feeds back into Cam a little bit, but we'll maybe try and stave off speaking about him too much already since we've just kind of bashed him for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the actual running game. What, what, Where's that gone? Is that? Do you think that's mainly down to the line being so banged up? I mean, we saw Luminor um, go out the game last week and then that's it looks like Tooney's maybe day-to-day going into this coming weekend's game it's just so chop and change which in front of Cam and the 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 backs in general is you know they're are they just not confident in them creating the gaps for in the a gap and b gap to to try and break away um yards on on the run I think it's probably a mix I I think it's a mixture of being banged up and people knowing what we're going to do you know as we touched on we're not being particularly inventive um of late it's not kind of you know rex burkhead but james white damian harris you know sony michelle if he was if he was there it's kind of obvious what's what's coming and you know if if, if the two of us who are by no means football experts you know we're not going to sit there and pull out a chalkboard mid podcast and talk about the x's and o's and well this is why the run you know it's it's not it's not happening if if us two you know british guys can sit from all these miles away and and sort of kind of go man it's probably going to be a run you know if you're the 49ers and coach shanahan i'm I'm sure they game plan for it like I, i I don't doubt that at all. And I think going into the next game, it's probably going to be something remarkably similar unless, I don't know, the line suddenly miraculously, you know, are not injured or banged up and we start moving the ball around. I mean, I think uh, just a very quick um, sort of sidebar is just that I thought it was quite interesting Um that Dalton King had more snaps than Ryan Izzo. And now kind of like, okay, cool, is this the rookie tight ends now starting to make a, an appearance? In which case, okay, maybe we start spreading the ball around a little bit more to them and bring that... Because, you know, our tight end game has been non-existent, obviously, um, throughout all of this. So, you know, maybe there's a, a glimmer of hope in, in the next week or 
so that you know it's it's not so doom and gloom yeah you could be right actually um i wonder i'm i'm not a big fan of him but it may be that we end up trading for um david and joku he seems to have played the feeling from cleveland as he seems to have played his last snaps whether he ends up as a patriot or somewhere else but he would actually probably be an upgrade on what we've got. The rookies yes. aren't ready. Um, Izzo, I'm just not a fan of. He's very, very subpar, um, in my opinion. Um, as I say, I'm not the biggest fan of Njoku. He's probably like, you know, middle of the road tight end, but middle of the road That's is better point. than what we've got <laughs> right now. So, for sure, um, for sure. He could be a target that comes in over the next week. Um, but the actual running game, as I said earlier, Harris had a, a couple of decent runs at the end there. Um, Burkhead did start off with a couple of decent runs, but you're probably right. It probably was just that, especially at the start, it was that adjustment that they goes, all right, okay, this is what they're doing. They're going with Burkhead's maybe going to be the, the workload back this week instead of Harris. Um and maybe instead of getting Cam on the run um, more often than not as well. And then they just shut that down. And mm. that was that. That was, and, you know, they were on the next one sort of thing. And we were off the field before you even blinked. I mean, I can't even remember what the ridiculous time frame stat was. It was something like 18, 18 and a half minutes to the 49ers in a minute and a half on the field for the Patriots through the first 20. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, literally. It, it's so poor. It, I mean, yeah, there's just, not, there's just not a lot that you can really take from that. I mean, when we played uh, Denver and obviously we were sort of, you know, picking apart everything and it was like, okay, well, there were a few positives. You know, this is... Yeah, this is this is like a famine, really, of in terms of you know positives and, and things like of that nature. It really is okay. Fine, we've done things a certain way for maybe the last couple of games, but we really need to kind of. It's not working. It's not working mm. in the slightest. What do we, you know, in in that sort of box of tricks in that box of you know however many years combined that coaching staff have in terms of experience and acumen and knowledge, what do we do now <laughs> to mm. really sort of salvage the season? Because, I mean, I do think if we lose against the, the, the Bills, it's pretty much season over, unless yeah. they capitulate so badly. But, you know, that's ignoring the Dolphins who are also doing pretty well for themselves. So, so it's crazy what a week a week can do to uh, your mental health <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think what we need is Marcus Rashford you know rather than feeding the kids we should, they yeah. should he should get initiative going to feed the patriots because <laughs> as you say we're going through this famine so we, we need fed we need some food we need a bit of cheering up <laughs> although having yeah. said that I think I was I was quite prepared last night and into today to just eat myself happy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you know that way. Like, yeah. um, people pick up the the tub of ice cream and have a good cry or whatever. And that was that was me last night and today. I was like, I'm just gonna go out all out, get the cookies, get the donuts, <laughs> go Suck wild. 
yeah. <laughs> Mourned the loss against the 49ers. But no, um, yeah, Marcus Rashford might be the answer, but I doubt it. It might have to be something else. It might have to actually be the defence to actually do something because they seem to want to just have a competition with the offence to see who was the worst yesterday. Because <laughs> they were just having an absolute mare as much as the next one. But at the same time, from a positive spin that's not really a Patriots positive spin, would be, it was actually, if you took yourself out of it and just watched the 49ers uh, as a fan or a neutral or whatever, they were actually quite exciting to watch. And I really, Mm. I I didn't enjoy watching them last night because it was against us. But actually thinking about it, they were actually quite exciting. They were good to watch in general because they were, it was, Shanahan at his best, at his best, and I think the it's something like in the last three games, the the Shanahan's faced Bill Belichick and the Patriots, including the Super Bowl that they ended up, you, you know, doing what they they did. They've still he's racked up thirty plus points in the last three games against the Patriots and a defensive coach, and a defense that's meant to be top five he made them just look silly last night yeah um, I don't know if 49ers aren't in my you know what, what do we have we have the Seahawks chat and we have Raiders chat yeah 49ers don't necessarily kind of hit you know in that Venn diagram they don't necessarily do it for me I, like I have a, a respect for them but you know they did it against my Patriots, so it's kind of um, <laughs> yeah, just the yeah. I mean, look, I, I think fair play to them because obviously they've been banged up like how they're coming off the back of going to the Super Bowl and, and losing, and you know there was a lot of questions after that team. Um, yeah, I mean, have have fun with that. I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I can't bring myself to sort of congratulate them. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm quite bitter. <laughs> I can, I can certainly see them um, making one of those wild card spots now. They, yeah, they were. Definitely. We I talked about it with Will and Cameron last week. You know, they had the Rams to beat them. They yeah. they had the Patriots coming up um, as of last week, but they've obviously beaten us. And then they've got the Seahawks next week. I think they then got the Packers, or they 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 get the Packers at home and then, but they've basically got a tough run of fixtures, but yeah. you know, if they've come overcome the Rams and then us, that it's going to, you know, G them up and make them actually better to, better to watch for, for everyone. But it's also, you know, for good games is that it's going to be a, a good one for them next week. But yeah, they're not, as you say, they're not really on the, the scale of, would I sit down and watch them as such? And but no, I was quite I was quietly impressed with them last night. However, what I, my point I was actually getting to was the the defense in general. Like what what the hell happened to them last night? They were all over the place as much as the offense was. Mm, and and you and it's a hard one because on one hand you you kind of want to go. Is that more disappointing than the offense? Because, you know, we were under no illusions coming into this year. We were not going to turn around and be like, 
man, I can't believe how we blew out the Kansas City Chiefs. Our offense is so high powered. Those were words that was never we were never going to be saying. Yeah. Um, not to say that we would be saying that about the defense, but the defense was definitely the stronger the stronger side for us. You know, we were even when you take out the sort of COVID um, sort of dropouts. It's still a pretty stacked defense. So you know, my point being is that is that the the bright the the bright hope for for the team going forward that they suddenly kind of remember that they they are like quite a reputable bunch of blokes, or is it more that it's very disappointing that you know these this highly rated defense you know especially under under um, Belichick just isn't really showing up. I mean, you look at someone like Gilmore coming into this year, I was quite confident that he was going to be, you know, continue where he left off. I'm not really getting that vibe necessarily. It's not as sort of rock solid as, you know, we saw last year, um, which was a big ask, don't get me wrong. I would say JC Jackson's probably having a better time of it than, than he yeah. is. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think a defence, um, talking from experience and, and my playing time over here, a defence, um, you know, when, when we were getting teams together, a defence will come together a lot faster than an offence because it's reactionary as opposed to, you know, OK, we're going to structure in this play and we're going to do, you know, when you get when you hit 10, 10 metres and, and sort of break off, you know, that's when I throw the ball. You know, an offense is all about timing. A defense mm-hmm. is about, you know, what's the call? What are the, what are the, you know, who's in the zone? Where is my man? You know, what is this a run? Is it a pass? You know, it's, you're reacting to something and you, you can train for that a lot easier and it kind of falls into place a lot faster. You know, some of the teams I was on, you know, our offense wouldn't show up until maybe like the fourth game. And then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, we all know what, you know, this play means now. And everyone's <laughs> all on the same page, whereas the defense yeah. would be, you know, very, very quick in terms of coming together and, and you know, their play calling. Um, I think they will be easier. They would be, you know, if it was, I think they were an easier fix than the offense. You know, the offense, I think, still needs players. It still needs confidence from Cam. Confidence from the players in what they're doing, and you know a lot of different play calling, um, different game plans, and, and stuff like that. I think the defense just needs to kind of, I don't know, pull their socks up, and you know, it, it really. It, I am disappointed. I can't really. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't even turn around and try and put a positive spin on it. I really thought the defense would be kind of holding us in the games, and the offense would kind of, you know, drag its feet and get us to where we needed to go. But mm-hmm. it's just not happening. You know, on both sides of the ball, we are dire. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't think Copeland getting injured has really helped. Not to say he was a key part of that defense, but. I just think it, it helps when you know who those pieces are and we're not rotating every last person in and out. You know, this is this is our starting um, mm-hmm. defence and this is what we do. Injuries don't help anyone. I mean, the only plus side is that maybe Uchi starts or however you say his last name. Um, if he comes, is he on IR? I don't know. He was... 
Yeah, he's on IR. He wasn't activated for the game at the weekend. He could be activated this week. Um, does he actually do much? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that he was going to come in and suddenly set the world on fire, but just in the sense of, you know, it gives us a chance to see what he can do. And, you know, he's not like a, you know, a, a free agent free agent who wasn't some undrafted guy, you know, who's rightly lauded. So, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens. He's, um, I was trying to think of the, the words that they just weren't coming to me, but what I was going <laughs> to say was um, he's, I think we're getting to a point in the, the season already Um where we're obviously away, we're almost at halfway. And is it worth taking him in? Because you know we need basically we need him hit the ground running yesterday, yeah. not tomorrow, not the next day. We need him to hit the ground running already. Um, I spoke about it at the start of the season that I thought he would be a great addition. Unfortunately, he went on IR. He was I think first couple of weeks he was a healthy scratch, and then he went on IR. Um, hopefully comes back and of with Chase Winovich and uh, and Wenu there, you know that's it's a Michigan locker room. Then they can all kind of like club together and pull each other through. But another point I was going to get to was that Winovich thing. That yeah. whatever with um, Bill Belichick last night, I wonder if he's now put himself on the wrong side of Belichick, which then, you know de facto guilty by association Uche then becomes part of the crew that isn't the the cool kids in the gang sort of thing yeah yeah you know what I mean <laughs> because uh, I mean uh, we all saw it that he gave away the food, the personal foul um, play to Jimmy G and then him and Bill went at it on the sidelines. I mean, I didn't think it was much. And there was a couple of others in the game that I was like, well, if you've given it for that one, you know, why didn't you give it for that one against Cam? I think it was, was it Fred Warner hit Cam late on? Yeah, um, I think so. But, I mean, that one was like he tickled his toe and it was a foul in the 15-yard penalty. And there was another one that should have been given but wasn't. And it was just that in- inconsistency from the the referees on the night. But whatever he's... It seemed to be whatever he said to Bill, Bill was... It was almost that Jonas Gray moment. He goes, nope, I'm the leader here. I am the ruler. You will not participate anymore. You will sit yeah. on that sideline and, you know come hell or high water, whatever your opinion is on the Malcolm Butler thing from the Eagles Super Bowl, um, it could have been a similar thing. You know, the old man says what goes, and if you don't listen, then you will go on that naughty step. And maybe he just, maybe it's some, that was part of the issue last night, that they then didn't have that rusher the same. Because I thought he was, we've spoken about this numerous times over the last few weeks, with Winovich, he's been a great rusher to to hit quarterbacks with, and there he was. That he was doing his job essentially when he hit Garoppolo for the penalty. But I mean, it's one of those things. You were just maybe slightly out of timing, and that's possibly what he was trying to explain to Bill. And Bill goes, "Don't care. You know, you hit him. Yeah. He lost us fifteen yards. 
shut up, sit down, son. I will tell you when to speak. And is Bill at fault with that one? Is it Winovich that, you know, it's like you, sh- you shouldn't talk back to your teacher or your mum or dad sort of idea? It's, I don't know. But it's, he certainly, snap count went way down <laughs> yeah. after that one. They just... Which again, I think just was a, a bit of a detriment to the defence in general. And that was what I was going to say as well, was when you were talking about Gilmore, I found it very strange that, and I know how powerful the guy is, and he, for me he's the best tight end in the league, but he basically went a one-on-one match-up with Kittle and lost pretty much every time. <laughs> I mean, you saw it at one point. They were side by side. There was a bit of head and shoulders of a difference. I'm like, really? You're getting? Yeah. I know. Yeah, he's the he's the defensive player of the year, but it's it's George Kittle. Surely you do that thing where you like drag a safety over, uh, do two man coverage on the guy, or or mm. drop a linebacker to you know help out or something. But there was, I'm sure it was a. On a few occasions, it was basically a one-on-one matchup, and Kittle just went, nah. "Thanks very much, guys. Here, Jimmy, 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 me, me, me. I'll take the ball. Thanks for it. No, don't worry about him. It's fine. I'll just use a wrestling move on him and toss him over the rope. It'll be all right." And exactly. yeah, I was, I was amazed and astounded that he went one-on-one with him because the side, the matchup, just was a ridiculous difference between the two, but. Who do you put on Kittle? He's that good. It's, but it, I would. I mean, if Duncan wasn't injured, maybe. Well, he would have had the. He would have definitely had the speed to get across mm, and help out. And the size, I think. Yeah. But in in that situation, yeah, I'd double team him. Yeah. That's the only way you're kind of going to get around that. But I'm sure it was like that thing where you know, it was the big kid and a little kid. And yeah. the, big kid, the big kid just taps him on the head. He's like, there, there, son. You're all right. Yeah. You, know, you might get it I'm next time. <laughs> yeah. It's like that um, that clip that goes around. The guy that's a, or the, the boy, I should say, that's supposed to be like six years old or whatever. You know, the one where he's, mm. uh, there's all the little kids and he just like barging them over going, yay, touchdown yeah, yeah. for me. That's what Kittle was like against them last night. He just went, yay, <laughs> I'll take this. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> I'm going for a touchdown. Uh, which I don't think he actually did get one last night, which I was surprised by for um, for reasons just mentioned. But that's one thing about our defence that, has been good of late was that red zone. It was the same against yeah. Denver last week and as to why they obviously gave up six field goals which ultimately win you a game. Um, but yeah, the, even that didn't stand up last night. The red zone was uh, was non-existent as well and they just walked all over. There's no pass rush. Yeah, well that's that's what I was getting alluding to with uh, Winovich was the pass rush that mm. you know once you took him out of it there seemed to be nobody else that was uh, quite capable. So Simon wasn't on his on his uh, toes last night. He seemed to be more on his heels. Lawrence Guy was all right, but not great. Yeah, it really did seem to hinge on Winovich, which we've mentioned as I say numerous times on this podcast that he is fast becoming the, the linchpin of that um, that defence and without him they were just awry last night 
yeah, I mean, one, it's going to be interesting when um, Hightower comes back because I feel like they are basically... Almost one like the same. Yeah. yeah, they're very, very similar to me. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, my, my point is just that this is the second week, maybe the third week of absolutely non-existent pass rush or just a pass rush that at the very least, it's just not effective enough. It's not doing enough to put pressure where it needs to be to kind of take pressure off of the rest of the defense. And, you know, in, in a modern-day NFL, that is paramount. That is part part and parcel of, of what, you know, what will help you win games, a fundamental part. So, I mean, look, I'll, I'll go back to what I said. I think they're an easier fix than the offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, of... If you're going to put money on a, a coach whipping, <laughs> whipping them into shape, you put it on Belichick. You know, I'm sure him and um, and Thor will, will hug it out at some point during this week. <laughs> at least I hope so. Um, because there's no point. Like, you, you know, what's, what's the thing? You'd be like, spite your nose to spite your face type thing. It just... It benefits no one putting Winovich on the sideline and, and everything else. Bury it and move on. You know, this is bigger than that at this point. We're not in a position where you go, right, you know, high tower, come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Just, we're, we're not in that position. So it's very much kind of like <laughs> bury it and let's move on. Yeah, between COVID and injuries and things, it's, it's, what, it's the position you would have said going into the game last night, what the 49ers are in, that I think it mentioned 14 players um, injured at the moment for them. And that's where even even 49ers fans, as people that would be regular listeners would have heard last week, um, they, and my friend Stephen was the same, that, you know, they, as much as it would be a tight game, they weren't holding out much hope. But at the same time, if there was a weak link in the Patriots, whether that was offensively or defensively, they were kind of quietly confident that the 49ers and Shanahan could expose it. And by God, did he expose it last night? <laughs> it was it was a brutal watch, and I was I was so sorely tempted because you could see uh, I actually watched it on the the Sky Sports coverage last night, and. And the you know they're quite good uh, for for everything the the stick that they that channel gets between Neil and the team in general they are quite good in a way of cutting to you know let's catch up on the games and red zone update type of thing and I was like oh that Chargers uh, Jags game looks quite tasty that might I'm I'm sorely tempted I was like nope this is a car crash <laughs> you wait you, you know it's one of those you're driving past you go. I shouldn't be looking at that, but I'm going to carry on looking until I can't see it any longer. And it was, you just, I was like, no, I've stuck it out this long. I'm just going to have to wait till minute zero and the game's over. And then I can watch the end of the (laughs) the Chargers game. It was just that brutal last night. It It wasn't fun to watch. It was a bit of a slog in general and kind of quite like last week. It was just... But worse, it was, last week was meh, as we so elegantly described last week. This was just like, what the hell? Mm. Like, 
sheer shock, dumbfoundedness. Like, but it circles right back to what we said at the start. Is this pretty much like what we have in store? It's kind of like as, as ourselves, if for anyone that we try not mention it too much, because there seems to be a lot of Liverpool Patriots fans for some reason. I don't know why you would do that to yourself. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both United, Man United fans. And, you know, we've had this period of excess, um, excess, success through Fergie. And this is the post Fergie era. And, you know, we're sort of also runs in the league. We're still top half. We're not a Jags. We're not a, I was going to say Titans, but they've pulled their socks up in the last couple of years. We're no, we're not Bengals. We're not, um, we're not the NFC East. You know, we're still <laughs> of a certain level of high caliberness within the NFL world. But at the same time, we're going to come up against results like this more often than not, rather than being an anomaly, sadly. So, tough it out, ride it out. And actually on that point, I know I'm carrying on a bit here, but something that really, really bugs me is whenever we come up against a loss like this or we lose out in an AFC championship game or a divisional round or whatever, the following day you always get fans that are plastered all over their Facebook or Twitter or whatever with the, it doesn't matter if they lose or win or draw or whatever, I'm Patriots fan till I die. You're like... You don't have to justify yourself. Why? Why is it that Patriots fans always seem to have to justify themselves, especially after a loss? Oh, look at all the bandwagon fans. They've all gone, I'm Patriots till I die. God damn yeah. you. Like, oh, it drives me insane. Just like, just ignore all that nonsense of, you know, the bandwagon tag that we get and stuff. It's, I don't really, uh, I mean, look, you know, you, you support who you support. I've never been a, you know, especially being someone that I don't live within 50 miles of Manchester. Um, my family have history in Manchester. That's why I'm a Manchester United fan. But people just take face value, which is, oh, Jake, you're from um, Essex and you have nothing to do with Manchester and I'm better than you because my local team is 20 miles away um, and I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, you know, it's... It's part and parcel. When your team is a successful one, it means that you know you only went to that team because they were successful. There's no other reason, you know, but that your your self confidence and self esteem is that low that you put all of it into a into a team that you have absolutely nothing to do with. Um, and then yeah, you, you pretty much put all your your, your self esteem is based off of their their wins and success and nothing else. Um, you know. I don't really care. If people are bandwagon Patriots fans, cool, have fun. But do you, you know? Yeah, exactly. I knew what I was in for. I, I knew there would be a time when, you know, you'd have all the, is the dynasty over? Bill Belichick is retired. Tom Brady has left the team. Tom Brady's retired. Those were the glory years. Sport is always a cycle. And, um, you know, I think, I, I still think there's, look, we're still early enough in the process now that, you could argue that we don't know if the dynasty is over. Um, mm. You know, we, we're not we're not Manchester United, where what Fergie left in what 2013, off the top of my head, so seven years removed from the fact um, we are months away mm-hmm. from breaking and that interception against um, the Titans, and 
you know, you go back a few months and change a few things and Brady stays and we give him weapons. I mean, look even earlier in that season, we had Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. I said that last was night. Considered, yeah, what was considered an absolutely loaded offense. And for a few things just, you know, changing, we could be having a very different podcast where we're like, you know, are we going to, are we going to three peat? You know? <laughs> yeah. Sport, I mean, sport is, you know, crazy like that. We just have to get them to, as far as I'm aware, they did, but just get them to sort out that um, cannabis rule, get Josh Gordon back in the field, because <laughs> if you can get Antonio Brown back in the field for what he's uh, supposedly done to women then and numerous other players that mm. play, whether you're Mixon or Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt, you know, smoking a bit of ganja here and there surely isn't that big of a deal that you could find a way that you can get a, a talent like Josh Gordon back in a field and, and not somebody else. Um, it's not like he killed someone. Yeah, exactly. We don't know anything about <laughs> We don't know nothing about that no. at all. And... As, a, as, a, as a Patriots fan, we don't know. I mean, but now, on the plus side, right, at least we are not, Cowboys fans because I can't imagine <laughs> being in a worse because would you rather be the Cowboys right now or a page or, or the Patriots? You take oh. the Patriots because oh, no yeah. one is expecting us to yeah be on some crazy run. I mean, Whereas if you want, uh, I was just about to say if you want to speak about loaded, then you know, um, I'm not one for praising injuries and I won't. You know, Dak Prescott he's not the worst QB in the league. He's pretty decent, solid, but then you look at their receivers between Cooper, Lamb, Schultz yeah. as, a, as a, a decent tight end um, in comparison to what we maybe have, uh, Gallup, you know, that's mm-hmm. receivers, you know, not what we've got in, in Myers and Bird and... Embarrassment of rookies. Yeah, that's what they've got. I mean, their <laughs> defence maybe isn't great, but they have been great recently. They had a decent defence not so long ago, but between Sean Lee and Van Der Esch, they seem to get injured every other week and just knocks them off course. And then they go and get rid of their best corner to, to Miami as well. So, mm. But yeah, no, you're right enough. Like I, I Foolishly, I had Washington down on my pick'em contest thing. And then last minute, at half past four yesterday, I changed it to Dallas because I thought, Ah, Dalton, I'll see them over the line. They've got Cooper, they've got Gallup, they'll be all right. You know, they'll outscore Washington. You'll outscore Washington and they might score a few points because your defence is crap. But, you know, you've got Dalton throwing to decent receivers better than what he ever did at the Bengals and he managed to make a career out of being an average quarterback. And then, silly me, why did I change my result on the contest? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's just on brand really for this year I think yeah exactly it's 2020 all over Um, but yeah I think on that note um, that was a a cheery one because we got a laugh at the Cowboys Um, we we should probably leave it there for for this episode of Patch Chat but um, as normal as always before you go I would ask you to rate, review and subscribe Uh, five star review on Apple Podcasts please that will push us up (laughs) Um, the chart from 
maybe like a thousandth podcast best podcast to like 998th best podcast but you know um it all helps um tell your friends if you're if they're patriots fans come and listen to uh, british idiots chat nonsense for 45 to an hour uh, a couple of times a week um, we do have reasonably, reasonably well, decent uh, special guests now and again reasonably special guests uh, the likes of Nat Coombs and Will Gavin have been on lately who are talk sport extraordinaire um, people so yeah we do get the odd guest here and there which is worth a listen as well as us two idiots um, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram it's at UK for both of them Jake's doing a, a fabulous job on Instagram these days, uh, far better than I ever could. Um, I'll just stick to the Twitter for now, but even then he'll probably do a better job of me once he gets onto that <laughs> as well, when he finds the time. Um, but yeah, at, at Pat's Chat UK for both of those. For myself, it's at Matt Inkster, and for Jake, it's at Jake Paul Design. So until later in the week, folks, and we will be in a happier note and a happier frame of mind as we head towards the Bills game, which is the be all and end all of our season essentially so happier happier positive thoughts um, as we look to beat them but until then folks we'll speak to you soon so see you later bye